You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of the cathedral, going solo today because Mark Teresi is unable to join this morning on this beautiful, beautiful first day official of fall. And boy, somebody flipped the switch. It is cooler. It is wonderful. But this being the first full day of fall, where did summer go? Where is this year going? You can also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Again, YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We have a great program lined up today. The time in Chicago is 8.01, the sports report. White Sox are done for this year. The Cubs are rebuilding. The Bears are 1-1 one and, one and going nowhere. You know, they beat uh, Frisco and lost to the Green Bay Packers last Sunday. That's our sports report. I also gave the weather report. So Stephen Denny is a scholar, an attorney, a certified mediator, an ordained clergyman originally from Kentucky who now lives in Oak Park with his family, uh, with five children, and Miriam, Miriam, his wife. Denny runs a private law firm whose motto is striving for justice in an imperfect world. And Stephen knows Hebrew and several other Middle Eastern languages. Denny Stephen has spent considerable time at the Our Lady of Gethsemane Trappist Monastery in Kentucky and credits the Merton Prayer for getting him through a very aggressive cancer some years ago. Stephen Denny and Greg Pierce, president and publisher of Active Publication. Stephen and Greg, welcome to the program this morning. How are you, Greg? How are you, Stephen? Good. Good. Thanks. Hi. Nice to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm great, great friends with Greg and his wife, Kathy, and the Pierce family. I've known the Pierce family for over 30 years from our time together at St. Mary of the Woods. And uh, how's the family doing, Greg? Well, everybody's good. Everybody's good. My uh, kids are now 35. Can you believe that? Are you kidding me? No. In their mid-30s. But that's how can that be when Kathy is 39? (laughs) It's a miracle. You will find out after we die. (laughs) And so, Stephen, you've had quite a background. You're originally from Kentucky. And now you live in Oak Park with your family. And um, and so maybe there's a way to begin. Stephen, give us your background in terms of your interest in Thomas Merton. also want to get Greg's take on it because it's, it really has somehow touched your life, his life, his prayer, his background. So maybe what even drew you to Gethsemane in Kentucky to begin with? Wow, that's quite a... That's quite a story. Um, but first of all, it's very nice to meet you. My wife and I watched the uh, 
uh, Sunday morning, uh, Holy Name Cathedral, and I see you there all the time. So I'm, I feel very privileged to meet you, Father Greg. Thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you. Here's a great story that Greg will laugh. And my, when my brother sees me on television with Cardinal Supic, because the ABC television may ask, my, my brother says, Greg, you stand next to Cardinal Supic, you, you look like a potted plant. <laughs> good old good old brothers <laughs> what are brothers for but it's very great meeting you I've heard great things about you from Greg and from your writing so it uh, what, what drew your interest to uh, Gethsemane to begin with Stephen well alright I, I will tell you that um, but first I've been told that you are a man who appreciates jokes can Absolutely. I tell a joke please do oh gosh bring it on bring it All on right. There's a uh, there's a night. Uh, I think it was in Washington D.C. where four famous Americans go into a five star restaurant: Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, Dorothy Day, and Thomas Merton. And you may recognize those are the four that Pope Francis mentioned in his 2015 address to Congress. And the, yes. the waiter comes over to the table and says, "Oh my." This is my lucky night. He says, would you do me a favor? Would you each of you please share with me your favorite quotation that people ascribe to you? And Abraham Lincoln said, four score and seven years ago. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. I have a dream. Dorothy Day said, the worker of America is supreme. And Thomas Burton cleared his throat, paused and said, uh, I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> now, I read that one prayer. Now, now that I like. Now that I'm going to, Stephen, I'm going to borrow that one, and Greg you knows may, I will. It's a it's a Denny Pierce joke. Okay, we we worked <laughs> on that together. Um, in, in 1990, I read Merton's book titled Thoughts in Solitude. And I had heard about the Abbey of Gethsemane, uh, and I think that's probably why I read the book. And I got to page 79 of that book, and there's a one-page chapter. And in that one-page chapter is the Merton Prayer. That's it. I couldn't put it down. I don't think I ever finished that book. And uh, and that prayer has been part of my life ever since then. But that, that the, the crazy thing, you you might get a kick out of this, the crazy thing that uh, really brought my attention to Gethsemane before then was my father was the CEO of a, of a six-state uh, 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 office supply company in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. I'm from Lexington. And he had an accountant for the company that had a drinking problem. And he would send his accountant to the Abbey for a week to dry out, get back on the wagon. And when he came back, he would bring my father two gifts. One was the cheese that the monks made then. They don't anymore. But And the cheese, I loved the cheese. But the other gift was bourbon-laced fruitcake. Now, what yes. what kind of, I hated that, but what kind of a gift for an alcoholic to bring? <laughs> so when I first went from my first uh, silent retreat at Gethsemane, which was in the early 2000s, I spent a week there, and I walked on the on the campus, and I just that went through my mind. Well, are there going to be a, a lot of drunk alcoholics walking around? Well, no. There were monks, and there were serious-minded Christians looking for spiritual transformation. And I've had several retreats since then. 
That's amazing. Now, Greg, your background, prolific writer, a man of spirituality and prayer, uh, what's your connection with Thomas Merton in your own personal life? Well, of course, uh, many of your listeners uh, will either know about or have read The, the Seven Story Mountain. Yes. And that's S-T-O-R-E-Y, not Y. Uh, and I read it when I was a young man, and it, it uh, really influenced my thought about uh, religion and also made me interested in Thomas Merton my whole life. And he's got a very interesting story. So about a month or no, no, a year ago, I'm sorry. Uh, I get this call from this uh, guy named Stephen Denny, who I'd never met. And he said, uh, Judith Valenti, who I think you know also, yes. uh, Greg, I know Judy. Um, had recommended uh, that he bring his book to me. And so I said, well, okay, if Judy Valenti thinks it's good, I'll look at it. I'll give it a look. So I'll he give sends it a look over. the whole thing over. It's all done. He sends it over to me. So I read it, and I call him back, and I said, well, uh, Stephen, it's a good book, and I'd be glad to publish it, but we need more Merton and less Denny. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, Greg Pierce never minces words. He gets right, right, right to the point, and that's amazing. And so then, okay, now Stephen, well, so the, Greg, the, the, Greg the, says that you keep going. Well, the the whole point of it is that it's a book about a prayer. So the prayer is 158 words. Is that right, Stephen? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. And the book is about 158 pages. So he averages out about one page for each word in the in the prayer itself and i've decided uh, at the act of publishing uh, which is where you can find his book by the way actofpublications.com it's on sale now uh i decided that we should be doing more books which are trying to uh, be about a prayer rather than a book of prayers we have a lot of books of prayers so i've got stephen's book and and greg i told you yesterday that another good friend of ours patrick cannon father sure, Patrick cannon, Pat Hannon. who was uh the principal out at notre dame high school where my son nate went and i'm class of 71. oh i, I forgot you went there too notre dame so, don uh pat hannon calls me up and he says uh i've got a book on um the our father so I had I told Stephen that the Our Father trumps the Merton prayer still. <laughs> okay, but uh, so yeah, just a little bit. But, uh, so I said to Greg, to Pat Hannon, "Who's this for?" And he says, "Everyone." And I said, "Wrong answer, wrong answer. Who's it for?" <laughs> so he went back and thought about it, and his book was titled something like "The Our Father," something or other. And, and uh, I said, he comes back and he says, it's for young adults, young adults, 30s, 40s, people I teach. He teaches out at the University of Portland, people I teach in college. Mm-hmm. And so in the in the uh, book itself, as we edited it, it, it was for young adults. It's a great book that is also out. But the title of the book is not The Our Father. The title of the book. Let me see if I can hold this up. Oh, you can't see it anyway on no, the radio. It. No, you can do Such it. No, Disney, Greg, natural... Greg, hold it up because we, we're on YouTube and so many oh, people oh, can see it. Oh, you were on both? Okay. Yes. So it says, Such dizzy, natural happiness. A long, loving look at the Our Father. But you see the the uh, at the pictures of the young Young people? adults. Because we want them to know it's for them. So Stephen's book, we wanted uh, people to know it was for people who were not necessarily... 
that familiar with Merton or the Merton prayer. So maybe Stephen, you could take it from there in terms of how the book is structured and, uh, um, you know, how, including the, uh, the artwork that's in it. Okay. So, so what, what we did, Father Greg, is we, we got uh, less Denny by, by taking autobiographical stuff that I had in the first introduction and which 10 other publishers had rejected mm -hmm. and, and took that and Greg called it and we put it into two appendixes at the end of the book. And we said, <laughs> we said, you, if you're interested, you could read the appendix, but you don't have to because <laughs> this book is rare at Merton. And so we have an introduction about Merton. And uh, I, I talk about him with a very broad stroke overview of his life and, uh, and some quotations uh, uh, from other people. Uh, for example, the, the gentleman that did the documentary uh, said, well, what, what Merton do you, are you interested in? Are you interested in Merton the poet, the historian, the theological writer? Uh, the spiritual director person, uh, because he's he's all of these different things, and he crosses uh, uh, denominational lines, and and even people in other world religions focus on Thomas Merton. So that's the first part of the book is introducing people to him. The mm -hmm. second part of the book is we take there are fourteen phrases of the prayer, and we have one chapter for each phrase, and the chapter has five different sections. The beginning is a uh, a visual metaphor of beautiful photographs of that my my uh, uh, my co uh, my photographer, Dr. Stephen Huffman out of Washington, uh, put these photographs together, and each one allows the client. This one is the chapter. Nor do I really know myself. And then there's a. Uh, 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 <laughs> burst of clouds so people can use their right brains and and grab that phrase and see that picture before they see read anything then the the next section is six different scriptures from the old and new testaments that confirm the words of that phrase uh, then the next section is called exegesis and uh, since i was a former uh, teacher of new testament greek and, and a pastor myself I've done exegesis all my life. And so I took each section, each phrase, each word, I broke it down and and tried to explain it in a, in a way that made sense to to everybody listening and reading, uh, reading it. And um, then the next section is called personal stories. And that's where I talk about things in my life of how that phrase, uh, some phrase, from the from the book or from the prayer interacted with my life in a way that uh, said wow that's how i see that part about uh i therefore i will trust you even though i i have no idea where i'm going i'll trust you anyway even though i seem lost um, um so i talk about various things from my life and other people's lives that i that i've read and then the last section is called uh uh, well, before I tell you the title of the last section, I'll tell you that when I was in seminary, my Hebrew professor told the story of, of a rabbi whose students came to him and said, Rabbi, how best does one study Torah? And the rabbi said, turn it, turn it, turn it. It's all there. 
And so mm. the fifth section is called Turn It, Turn It, Turn It. It's got five questions for individual spiritual um, uh, growth uh, and, and also for small groups to use those questions to go deeper. Well, that's a wonderful summary. We're going to go to break here, but before we go to break, I have a joke for both of you. <laughs> of course. Of course. You know, Greg, first of all, i got a ton of jokes. It's, Priest is having a healing service and says, who needs to be healed of something? And Johnny says, Father, would you please pray for my hearing? And so the priest, Johnny, come up here, puts his hands on his ears and prays and prays and prays for a half hour and says, Johnny, how's your hearing now? And Johnny says, Father, I don't know. My hearing's not until next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on that note, we'll go to break here. We're with uh, Greg Pierce and Stephen Denny here on Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408, WNDZ, 750 AM. Also get us on YouTube.com. Catholic Chicago. Stay with us, and again, do not touch that dial. Catholic Charities St. Martin de Porres Society offers meaningful conversation with compelling speakers to discuss the needs of our region, nation, and world, and the power of faith in meeting those needs. On Wednesday, September 28th at 6.30 p.m., Sally Blount and Father James Martin will participate in a special online event, Putting Faith into Action, Becoming Builders of a Better World. To register for this free event, visit Athenaeum Center dot org slash events. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-E-U-M center dot org. You can also email us at partners at catholiccharities.net for more information. Join us as we learn more about the charitable works of the church and inspire each other to live our faith in new ways. Forty-four for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun, and they get it. I see that light bulb go off, and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? What? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Come to the Mercy Mile on the West Loop to cheer on runners in the 2022 Bank of America Chicago Marathon, Sunday, October 9th from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mercy Home for Boys and Girls Annual Cheer Zone and Celebration features games, food trucks, a DJ, a climbing wall, and lots of activities for kids. Conveniently located just west of downtown Chicago, it's the best place to have fun with the whole family while watching 40,000 runners pass by Mercy Home at 1140 West Jackson. And it's free! Join the fun and cheer with Mercy Home on October 9th. Go to mercyhome.org. 
Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackwitz, Red the Cathedral. And a great discussion this morning with Stephen Denny and Greg Pierce on the whole life of the Merton Prayer. And you know, maybe for our listeners for a moment, uh, Stephen, is read us the 150-word prayer. It's one of my all-time favorite you can jump in there, Greg. Wait, just say he doesn't have to read it. That's all. He knows it. Go oh. ahead, Stephen. Oh, okay. Oh. No, okay. Then in case, in that case, uh, it's you know, Greg reminds me of how you have the prologue, to the Gospel of John, chapter one, memorized. You don't have yep. to read it from Scripture. So, from your heart, Stephen, the Thomas Merton famous prayer entitled, "I don't know was it entitled." I think I don't know where I'm going. Thank you. Um, my Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in everything I do. I hope I do nothing apart from that desire. And I know if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always. Even though I may seem lost, and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. Beautifully proclaimed from the heart. You truly do have it memorized, all 158 words, word by word, great inflection, and beautiful, beautiful. Now, Stephen, how has that prayer, which you started talking about in the beginning, so impacted and touched your life? A question for both of you. Stephen, begin. I think, uh, Father Greg, that I grew up in a church life in Kentucky where what I learned about how do you, how, how do you please God was simple. Stop sinning. Do good. Well, I did good a lot in my life, but I'm still a sinner. And when I hit this prayer, it just, it was like a magnet that just drew me to God in an authentic way. That's why Greg and I titled, subtitled this book, An Exercise in Authenticity, because nobody can pray this prayer regularly and remain superficial. You just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Not, not if you pray it honestly. Uh, and, and I think about how that in our, in our world, the words of this prayer are countercultural at work. Uh, it, you, you, sir, at the, uh, at the Holy Name Cathedral, if you're having a staff meeting and, uh, and someone asks you how you're going to fix this problem and you said, I have no idea. I, I don't have a clue. Uh, that's that's not the way we normally respond. And to be able to respond that way shows 
a sense of maturity and transformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it has it has been with me every day of my life since then. When I received a, a serious uh, aggressive diagnosis of cancer, and I'm walking from the doctor's office to my car, I'm repeating this prayer over and over. And it's not a magical incantation at all, but it helps the fear go away. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Greg, how about you? Well, I'm going to do two things. First of all, I'll admit that I did. never read the prayer until Stephen wrote the book. Are you kidding so, me? Nope. No, wait, I'm time on. That, nope. that famous one I may one have prayer. read it once, but I didn't pray it regularly. Interesting. Now, since he's, written, since he's written the book, I do. And I, the, the thing that I think we should talk about just briefly is I think only Stephen could have written this book. Now, why do you say that? Because Stephen, well, Stephen is three things that most of us are not. First of all, he's a lawyer, and we won't hold that against him. <laughs> Secondly, he's a Protestant, not only a Protestant, but an evangelical Protestant, which is very unusual for an evangelical Protestant to be writing a whole book about a Catholic prayer by a Catholic monk. Mm-hmm. And, and the third thing is, Stephen, for some reason, is also a scholar in Middle Eastern um, languages, including Hebrew and uh, Aramaic, if I'm right, correct, and may, and Greek also, I think. So, who is this guy? That was my first question. Is this and, a guy for uh, real? He has a great story in in the book that uh, uh, it's about his grandfather. Um, it, it, you give the short version of this, Stephen, but you know, tell us about your grandfather and how you discovered something about him. When when my uncle died in 1981 of I went from, I was a student at the University of Chicago and I drove down to Signal Mountain, Tennessee to meet my family for the funeral. And after the funeral, uh, we're sitting around in my uncle's house and someone says, go get Steve. Maybe he can read it. And they bring me into his bedroom and up on a shelf is a shoebox that's filled with Hebrew cards. And I was just at that time had finished my doctoral exam in Hebrew at University of Chicago, and I read them. And I, I walk back into the living room and I look at my mother and I say, Was Grandfather Robinson Jewish? And she turns, my 67 year old mother turns and looks at her 84 year old older sister and says, Anne, what is Stephen talking about? And my Aunt Anne then proceeded to tell my mother the secret that she and my Uncle Harry had kept from her their whole life. She said, you were so much younger, and there's so much anti-Semitism in Central Kentucky. We just never told you that our father was Jewish. But he opened up, he, he had a dry goods store in Central Kentucky, and he, he would tell everybody on Saturdays he was driving to Cincinnati to restock his store. And and in fact, that's the closest place where there was a synagogue. Wow. He went to worship in Cincinnati. Wow. And I, I like all the way back to Chicago, I I was just absolutely overwhelmed that in my genes is he 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 fled the pogroms of Russia, came to America as a 15 year old, 
And, and I told my professors at the UFC, guess what? My grand, maternal grandfather is Jewish. And the one guy said, that's why I love hearing you read Hebrew in class, Stephen, because it, it's a, your Southern accent pronouncing the Masoretic text is amazing. And now we know why. It's in your genes. That is an incredible, amazing story. So your grandfather never told anyone of a Judaism because of anti-Semitism in that area in the country. Well, almost. He, his, his wife and his oldest two children knew. And, and that was they it. came from the youngest, my mother. Right. Unbelievable. On that note, we will take a break here. Thank you, Stephen, for sharing that story. I had no idea we were going with that story. And absolutely profound. Amazing. You're listening to uh, Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750, 312-255-8400. Get us also on YouTube.com, Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackwitz along with Greg Pierce, Stephen Denny. Stay with us. We'll be able to add these messages. And again, do not touch that dial. October 8th, Catholic Charities and the Archdiocese of Chicago will gather with other religious and civic organizations in a rally against domestic violence. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Join us as we rally, walk, and stand in prayer, saying no to domestic violence. The rally will be held at St. Catherine Drexel Parish, 91st Street and Stony Island Avenue in Chicago from 9 to 11 a.m. Registration begins at 8.30. For more information, call 312-948-6529. That's 312-948-6529. Let's raise awareness and work together to stop domestic violence. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. 
Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. We're with uh, Greg Pierce, Stephen Denny, profound discussion about the Merton prayer and the life of Thomas Merton. Now, a story for both of you, and that is when my father, Sig Sackowitz, broke into broadcasting WGN radio in 1954 and got his big lead or big start in the summer of 54. People used to tell my father, Sig, if you want to make it in this city as a radio broadcaster on WGN, three things. One, change your name. Number two, deny your Polish. And number three, deny your Catholic. This is true. Yeah. And my father said, I'm, I will be Sig Sackowitz. I was born that way. I'm proud to be Polish, and I'm proud to be Catholic. This is 1954 in Chicago, which really nobody knows about because he didn't tell anybody. But he told me that when I was a little boy. He said, always be proud of your heritage and your religion, your faith, and don't change your name. And, <laughs> uh, and so I always remember that along with your grandfather keeping this big secret with among, among the media family about his Judaism and because of the anti-Semitism. Now, and what you just shared with us, Stephen, and that is, in writing this book, what is your hope and goal for a reader? What do you hope they walk away from reading your book? Thank you. Um, the, the goal of mine in writing this book is to get this prayer the attention it deserves. It's just so powerful. And I've done many um, uh, workshops and, and classes and so forth. The book was just published this Easter. But since then, I've had people tell me that this prayer has changed their lives. And, and I can tell you that in some very real way, I feel like it saved my life of having gone through a, a career change that was unexpected. I mean, I was on my way to be a, a Bible scholar, not a lawyer. And, uh, and I wasn't in count, expecting the road of a divorce, but I went down that road. And I certainly wasn't expecting the road of aggressive cancer that could have killed me. Um, and so I want people to know this prayer exists and to make it a part of their the, the their psyche inside because that will bring them confidence and peace and and in our world today where we're so divided uh, we need we need the words of this prayer on a, on an individual family country world basis we need to seek to please God and to watch for his omnipresence, him, his omniscience, and his omnipotence. And that's that's the message that I wanted to get out. And I just, I couldn't leave it alone. Now, Greg, along those lines, we go back well over 30 years. You've said to me more than once in your career, you've been handed hundreds and hundreds of manuscripts to please look over, possibly publish, or pass on to someone else. Why, at the end of the day, changes were made, why did you publish Stephen's manuscript? Well, first of all, it was well written. His uh, our little thing back and forth really was uh, very often happens that uh, authors think that the reader wants to know about the author, 
they want to know about the topic and then they want to know about the author. So that was a minor thing, but Stephen's a very good writer. This entire uh, construct that he had of five parts to each chapter and dividing it into 14 chapters that mirror the 14 lines or, or phrases of the prayer, all of which was very, very good. And then, you know, uh, as I said uh, earlier, Greg, I have three 30-something kids. And the one thing they share in common is that they're all searching. They're searching for something. And so anytime that I can publish something that's aimed at that group, that's what I want to publish. The other thing that struck me is I, th I think he had me uh, uh, to publish the book pretty early, but when he told the story early on, Stephen, again, tell the short version of, of your thing in court where you, the judge sent you out. Share that story, Stephen. Okay, so I'm on the... By the way, I like, I like the way uh, Greg keeps uh, teeing, you, teeing you up for a story. We could do this all sure. morning. Keep, keep going, Stephen. Because, <laughs> Father Greg, the other Greg has heard the long versions. <laughs> okay, no, okay. I can't why he says the short version. Okay, it's all yours, Stephen. So, I had a three-week trial down at the Daily Center for medical malpractice. Uh, a 35-year-old gentleman died, and I represented his widow and his 18-month-old child. And the, the trial went very well. It, it took almost three weeks, and I had six experts, and uh, and we were ready to start closing statements the next morning and so it's 11 p.m on on a thursday night in august of 2007 and i'm ready to go home i haven't eaten anything since breakfast really a hypoglycemic and the defense attorney by the way a giant firm and i'm by myself and they had three full-time attorneys and this guy handed up a motion to the judge called a directed verdict motion. And, and if the judge granted that, then the case would be over. And we would not do closings the next morning. The case I would have lost and the case would be over. And I said, oh my goodness, can I have five minutes, judge? And I, she said, yes. And I walked out in the hall, stood on the bank of elevator uh, windows, floor to ceiling windows on the south side of the Daily Center, looking across the plaza at the top of the uh, Chicago Temple the Methodist Church at 77 West Washington. And at the top of that, there's a there's a prayer chapel, a tiny little prayer chapel that people from the world over come to go pray. And I've been there a couple of times. And I stood there and looked at it. And I just repeated the Merton prayer over and over because I had two options. I knew exactly what this motion was. And I could either say option A or option B. And I couldn't decide which one. And I... I just prayed that prayer over and over and over. And finally, the fear left me. I walked into the courtroom and I said, it's option B, Judge. And she smiled and said, that's good, because if you'd said something else, the case would have been over. And then the wow. case went ahead and finished. So it, but it's not a magical incantation, not at all. But it helped me get rid of the fear and be able to think clearly. Does that make sense? It makes sense. In fact, here's a prayer that I pray every day. I can't think of the saint who wrote it years ago, but I say this 5, 10, 15 times a day. Lord Jesus, may I trust in you completely Then I know you are with me, Then I shall not fear, and you, Lord Jesus, will do the rest. 
Lord uh-huh. Jesus, may I trust in you completely, that I know you're with me, that I shall not fear, and you, Lord Jesus, will do the rest. A prayer of trust and surrender. And see, the thing is, and Greg knows, we've talked many times, we human beings, we love to be in control. It's a form of security, which is, I guess, okay, but ultimately, we are not in control in a sense of letting go and letting God, and we all want answers. And you think, in our, think about our lives. Life is a mystery to be lived and not a problem to be solved. And take one day to go. And, go ahead, Greg. Greg jump in. You know, you know my wife, Kathy, taught oh, school at St. Mary of the Woods for years. Outstanding teacher. Outstanding. And, uh, but she has a prayer that she says several times a day, and it's the memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I uh, call unto the Virgin of Virgins, my mother. Before thee I stand, uh, something, uh, now I can't get that one. She says it. Um, anyway, it's a beautiful little prayer. It takes a minute, and then she goes on with her life. Yeah. And it, I think anything is, um, I've been gifted with the priesthood the gift of God from the Lord for 43 and a half years and in just journeying with people that the questions of people's lives, the struggles, the pain, somehow trying to connect the mystery of God with the mystery of our lives. And we're going to go to break here for a moment. When we come back, Stephen, is give us a little bit of background of Thomas Merton because people sometimes have this misconception that he was a, a holy roller from childhood, which he was not. And yet, in his writings, in all his writings, and especially that prayer, he talks about the struggle, the unknown, about trying to be in control, letting go, and trust and surrender were such key components of his life, which we can all resonate with. That's why that prayer speaks to all of us, because we are not in control. We wish we were, but God is in control. You're listening to Catholic Chicago here on uh, Catholic Chicago, 7.50 a.m., WNDZ 312-255-8408. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Chicago. Father Greg Sackwitz along with Stephen Denny and Greg Pierce. We'll be back after these messages. And again, do not touch that dial. bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. 
Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Come to the Mercy Mile on the West Loop to cheer on runners in the 2022 Bank of America Chicago Marathon, Sunday, October 9th from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mercy Home for Boys and Girls annual cheer zone and celebration features games, food trucks, a DJ, a climbing wall, and lots of activities for kids. Conveniently located just west of downtown Chicago, it's the best place to have fun with the whole family while watching 40,000 runners pass by Mercy Home at 1140 West Jackson. And it's free! Join the fun and cheer with Mercy Home on October 9th. Go to mercyhome.org. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackwitz along with Stephen Denny and Greg Pierce's fascinating discussion about the life and prayer of Thomas Merton. And, you know, as we said before the break, uh, Stephen, is that Thomas Merton, very, very well-known, but also, among others, not so well-known. But maybe just for a moment, the short version Give us part of his background, his life. Okay, I'll be happy to do that. Uh, I'm having a very difficult time hearing you all of a sudden, but uh, he was born in France in, two, in 1915. His, his mother was an American-born uh, 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 woman who was a, an artist, and his father, also an artist, was New Zealand-born, his mother died when he was six. His father died when he was 16. He was a student in, in England at different boarding schools. He attended Cambridge University. Uh, he fathered a child in England and uh, then came to America and went to uh, Columbia University in New York. He got a master's degree there, uh, graduated in 1938. On November 16th of 1938, he was baptized and received into the Catholic Church at Corpus Christi Church in New York City. Uh, on December 10th, 1941, he entered the monastery at the Abbey of Gethsemane. Uh, on December 10th, 1968, the same day of the year, he died. A very Ooh. catastrophic, uh, surprising, unusual situation in Bangkok, Thailand. He was at a conference for 
Catholic monks and and Buddhist uh, monks, and uh, and he was either electrocuted in his bathroom accidentally by a fan, or he was murdered, and by people. Perhaps the CIA had an involvement because he'd written so much anti-war uh, writings. And that is a theory expressed in a 2018 book called The Martyrdom of Thomas Merton. Um, hmm. And so uh, he was brought back to America, his body on, on an American military transport plane, along with Vietnam, vet, uh, Vietnam soldiers who, who had perished. Um, that's the quick overview. And if I might, could I read a section from the book about his trip from New York to the Abbey of Gethsemane? Please do. Okay. <clears throat> as Merton, this is from page 14, as Merton rode the train to Kentucky in 1941, he hoped he would be accepted into the monastery at Gethsemane, a hope tempered by the reality of the looming World War II and the very real possibility that he might be drafted into the military. And now I quote from his autobiography that Greg uh, referred to earlier, The Seven Story Mountain. Mile after mile, my desire to be in the monastery increased beyond belief. I was altogether absorbed in that one idea, and yet paradoxically, mile after mile, my indifference increased in my interior peace. What if they did not accept me? Then I would go into the army. But surely that would be a disaster? Question mark. Not at all. If after all this, I was rejected by the monastery and had to be drafted, it would be quite clear that it was God's will. I had done everything that was in my power. The rest was in his hands. And for all the tremendous and increasing intensity of my desire to be in the cloister, the thought that I might find myself instead in an army camp no longer troubled me. So then, end quote, to me, the above quote from the very young monk, this was published in 1948, his seventh year in the monastery, uh, shows that he then already was living the precepts of the Merton prayer, knowing that the Lord was leading him on the right road. And then there's a quote from Ronnie McBrayer, a, a Detroit pastor author, who noted that uh, Merton was a prolific author, and he commented, quote, if Merton did nothing else than pen what is now called the Merton Prayer, he did enough. Honest and searching, it is Merton at his best, and if you're like me, you will find yourself returning to it time and time again, unquote. Tremendous summary so that's, there. That's the quick overview. Now, it's interesting. He entered the monastery at the age of 26. He died at the age of 53. Are you having trouble hearing me? We well, cannot hear you. Really? Uh, Brian and Michael? The thing is, um, hopefully then we get that adjusted there, but it's interesting. At the young age of 26, he entered the monastery in Gethsemane. He died at the age of 53 in 1968. Such a young, young man. At the peak of his life, and died so tragically and so suddenly. Are you able to hear me now, Stephen and Greg? Yes. Oh, good. Okay, I think we're we're back on yes, again. We have to, yes, we can hear you now. Okay, great. And so, thank thank you for that wonderful summary, Stephen, with with his background. And uh, now, along those lines, Greg, and listening to what just Stephen 
proclaimed or gave to us about Thomas Merton. What, 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 what struck you with what he just said? Okay. All right. So what we're, what we're doing here is we, we're turning on, up and down our, our audio. Stephen, you have to turn your audio on your computer all the way to the top to hear him. But then you have to turn it down to speak. Uh, so am I too loud now? No, Greg? you're great. Perfect. Now, I can hear you, but I cannot hear yeah, Father. Can Greg hear me, and can the audience hear us? Yeah, the answer is yes. Okay. All right, so you asked, Greg, you know, what Merton's life story meant to me. Correct. And, you know, I've been in, uh, uh, also in addition to being a publisher, I've been a community organizer for years and years. And only recently... Uh, after I guess after I retired from active community organizing is I realized that I had missed something all my whole life, which was what I call um, uh, disinterest. So disinterest is also a positive thing because it says that we are only human and uh, that we can only do what we can do. So even in the Our Father, at, uh, when we say that in uh, in church, and the Protestants always follow it up, but we, we put a few extra words in between. And then we say, for yours is the kingdom, and yours is the power, and yours is the glory. And that means more to me now than it did before I read this book. Now, how so? It, how so, Greg? We need to do it for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. It means more now than before. Uh, how so? He wants to know why does it mean more now to you? Well, uh, because uh, I'm 75 years old. I'm 75 years old, which means that I, I, you know, I know how this ends. We all know how it ends. We yeah. don't know what happens on the other side, but we know that it ends on this side. And it, so, you know, the kingdom of God is is coming. As a matter of fact, Jesus said it's already here, but it's also in the future. And it depends on what people now do. And that's why I spend so much of my time now with young people, young adults, trying to get them to understand that they have a mission worthy of their lives, just like you do as a priest, or Stephen does as an attorney, or I do as a community organizer slash publisher. It's interesting that in our lives, first of all, Greg, I can't believe you are 75. I thought you were actually more my age, because I'm 69. I thought we were more equal age. So you're a couple years older than me. And also, and I find with young people, the joy, the challenges, their questions are so pertinent. But sometimes it worries me. The world we are part of today is such a difficult world. You know, people in your face. Uh, the secular world is winning out over the to be a believer. And the only question is, why be a believer? Why be connected to church? It makes such a profound difference in our lives. And in the last couple of minutes, Stephen, any closing thoughts, reflection about the life of Stephen, of the life of not Stephen Denny, but of Thomas Merton that has touched your life? Wow. Well, I, I will say that um, when I, I asked the question in the book, would Merton alter a single word of his prayer for our world today? I think not. Desiring to please God, honestly confessing our ignorance and weakness, seeking God's leading and acknowledging God's omnipresence, 
These are the very things that will allow individuals, families, nations, and humanity to choose the right road. And then I gave in a conclusion, uh, a sort of a challenge to the, to the reader, as you continue to turn it, turn it, turn it, the Merton prayer could soothe your soul and grab your heart in ways you never knew possible, or it might disturb your soul and pummel you into more intense encounters with God. May God be blessed and pleased with the efforts of this book. That's a great conclusion. Now, I'm not sure if uh, Greg can hear me right now. Maybe, Steve, yes. well, you can. Yes, I can. Uh, in the last minute or so, Greg, how can people get a copy of Stephen's tremendous new book? All right. Two ways right now. It, it, it's also on Amazon and with some booksellers already. But for sure, you can get it by calling 800-397-2282. That number once again. 800 397 2282. And you could also, if you prefer to go online, it's actapublications.com. And that's capital A, A capital C, capital T, capital A, actapublications.com. And that phone number one more time 800 397 2282. And 2282, by the way, is ACTA. <laughs> that's and interesting. Father, could I, could I also just mention that I'm writing a regular blog about the Merton Prayer, and, it, and you can find that and see pictures of me playing college basketball um, and my kids and family on www.themertonprayer.com. One more time. www.themertonprayer.com. Did you play college basketball? I did for a D3 team, the Lincoln Christian College Preachers. <laughs> Were you a forward or a center? I was a guard. I was a six-two guard. Oh, six, okay. I like that because I used to play a little basketball too. But I'm, those days are long over. Well, I want to thank in a very, very special way both uh, Stephen Denny and Greg Pierce for joining us this morning here on Catholic Chicago. This has been an incredibly wonderful hour. May God bless both of you. We'll have you back on the program, Father Greg Sackowitz. To our listeners, may God bless all of you. Have a wonderful weekend. Hope the Bears show up Sunday against the Houston Oilers. God bless. Great day. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.